be made for men. <laughs> no. One, two. Ah. <laughs> Let there be. There was. Can you see me? Do I need yeah. to be? <laughs> Hold on, actually I can walk. I don't mind actually, don't have to stand. In front of that. Right, I think I'm ready. Good morning everyone. How are you all? Well, I've been a, a little horse this week. So, uh, yeah, so I almost rang Randall to say, ah, you know, but, you know, you sometimes have to live out your faith, don't you? So today I want you to have faith with me as, uh, you know, I get over this uh, chill that I, um, that I caught. So praise God that I'm here today. It's really a ple pleasure and a wonderful honour to be with you again. You know, thank you for inviting me to uh, speak. Um, the interesting thing is, I've been saying to the Lord, what do you want me to say today? And when, sometimes he doesn't give me something specific. And when he doesn't do that, then I tend to um, resort to a default position which I have, which sometimes, you know I'm moving the prophetic. So sometimes I actually just think he wants me to move in the prophetic. But um, I'm just going to hold that back for a minute and just... Uh, uh, share a few things with you which I think, you know, could, could help, could support us as on our journey. Uh, and I love Bible characters. And for, for those of you who know, I wrote a book called P31 Women, and it's still on sale if anyone's interested. But all of it was around uh, Bible characters, and it was around women, biblical women. And um, I love exploring their stories, because when I was growing up, uh, I was brought up in a household that, uh, obviously my mum and dad went to church, they were pastors, and we didn't have a lot of toys, so it was either to read the Bible or to play with paper. My brother played with paper, I sometimes just read the Bible. <laughs> Uh, but I always used to love the, the stories of Jonah and all these things, you know, Jonah in, in the belly of a fish and a snake that spoke and things like that, you know, it always used to intrigue me. And so that's why I ended up writing that book, P31 Women. And, um, and this character that I'm going to talk about today again is no exception because the character is Peter. And uh, to me, Peter was such a... Um, such a great human being that we all can relate to. You know, because Peter was one of these characters who was um, boisterous, loud, uh, you know, he wasn't full of airs and graces, but yet Jesus saved him. Jesus, he was the first one that Jesus called. So I'm going to have a look at, at Peter, and we're going to also um, have a... 
I'm thinking we're going to go there. I think we are. We'll see how it goes, see what the Holy Spirit says. But I think we might go also look at Acts chapter 3 and Peter's miracle in um, healing the person that was at Gate Beautiful who was crippled from birth. So we'll have a look at that. So let me start off. I think I've got a presentation. If you can find it. Oh, yeah, it works. Great. So does it work with this? Let's just see before I start. Uh, I don't think it does. Mary, can you just turn this on for me? And then I can... uh... (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to start off in Acts chapter 3. And I'm reading the King James Version, and I'm just going to read from verse 1 to about verse 8. Okay. Now, Peter, two very important words. I just want you to remember that. Now, Peter. Okay. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John go about, go, about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God and all the people who saw him walking and praising God okay so just go back to verse 1 now Peter when I started to read this chapter those two words just struck me now Peter and it made me start to think about Peter as I said Peter, who God has transformed, when you see the pre-resurrection Peter and the post-resurrection Peter, which you see two different characters. So if we just go back to the first slide, um, the first one. Yeah? That one, the pre-crucifixion Peter. You see, Peter is the fisherman where Jesus said to him as he was walking past, follow me. And notice something about Peter. He just left everything and followed Christ. Then you see Peter walking on water. Okay? And, and um, he's the one who said to Jesus, uh, tell me to come. And, Peter, and Jesus said, come. And Peter starts to walk. Then you see Peter the outspoken, who says, I'll I'll die for you, Jesus. I'll die for you. Then you see Peter the deceived, where Jesus had to rebuke him and said, get behind me, Satan. 
Then you see Peter, who's affiliated with the rock, where Jesus says, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Mm -hmm. So you see there Peter, who was called Simon Peter, in fact that name Petra, in the stone, comes to the forefront more. Then you see Peter, the brave, who wants to uh, do all things for Christ. You also see Peter, the sleeper, who uh, Jesus says to him, Peter, can't you watch with me one hour? Then you see Peter, the deserter. So Peter heard the cock crow and denied Jesus. Then you see Peter, the recompense, who Peter went and he wept bitterly. So now we go on to the post-crucifixion Peter. Now the post-crucifixion Peter, you will see Peter who actually in, um, in John 21 verse 3, he returns fishing. Okay? Then you see Peter in John 21 verse 20 where he is the affirmed shepherd. And I'll speak about that in a little while. Then in Acts 2 you see Peter as God's mouthpiece on the day of Pentecost. And then in Acts 3 where we are now we see Peter the apostle. Okay? Walking in the fullness of what God had called him to do. How many of us can relate to that. That we all go through a transformational journey as Christians. Okay? Where when some of us start, we're really eager, <coughs> etc. But then we go through the trials, the tribulations, etc. And we sometimes we feel like the Peter who is the deserter. But you know, I believe that God, thank you. Yeah. Fantastic that God has something for us all, a transformational life. Okay, I want now to read, um, to look at this Peter, John 21, where he speaks about, do you really love me? Uh, let me just read that for you so that um, we can get there. John 21, right. And it says, verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he says, yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, in those few verses, you will see in the Greek two different forms of love. You'll see the agape love and you see the filio love. Agape love means indicates the direction of the will and finding one's joy in anything. Love that expresses compassion. Agape is used of God's love towards man and vice versa. Okay, so that's the love that we know as the agape love. 
Filial love means to be contented with donating common interests and befriending. That's the sort of friendly love, okay? So let's just see which love is used here. So Simon, son of Jonas, lovest, Jesus said, agape, agape thou me more than these. Peter responds and said, Lord, you know that I filio you more than these. And then Jesus said, feed my lambs. Then Jesus said to him again, the second time, do you agape me more than these? Peter still responds, I filio you more than these. You know I'm a friend to you. Jesus says, you love me. Jesus says, you know, Peter says, you know I'm a friend. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Final time. Oops. Then Jesus said the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, filio me. Are you a friend to me? But Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, filio me more than these. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I filio thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. So when I see things like that, I start to question why. Why was two types of loves used? And as you do, you go on the old Google box and you go into your concordance and stuff like that. Now, one suggestion that came up, which I quite like this suggestion, there are so many different reasons, but one suggestion that came up, this was Peter, the post-crucifixion. So imagine the emotions that Peter had gone through. Just imagine. He'd messed up, okay? He'd messed up. He'd denied Jesus. He was ready to go back fishing. He was doing all the things that old Peter did because of how he was feeling inside. Emotionally broken, betraying the Lord Jesus. But you know, he hadn't, he still wanted the Lord, but he didn't know how to restore him. But what Jesus does, as he does to us all, he affirms us. He says, you know what, I know you've messed up, but you know what, I'm gonna say, I still agape you. I still love you. Jesus and um, Peter used filio. I feel Peter was saying, Lord, you know what? You've seen what I've just done. You've seen how messed up I am. I'm not quite there yet to say I agape you. But I will you be content with me saying I filio you? Will you be content? I'm not quite there yet, but I feel I filio you. But Jesus still said, I agape you. And what's he say? Feed my sheep. Feed my, I still affirmed him to say, I still want to use you, Peter, so feed my sheep. Then he says again, agape me. Peter responded, filio. Jesus still said, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs, Peter, I still affirm you. And then Jesus came to where he was and said, Peter, okay, you're my friend. And if you want to use that word, that type of love, that's fine with me. But I still want you to feed my sheep. Isn't that amazing? Now that's my interpretation. When I saw that, I thought, wow, Lord. Wow, how you still, despite what we go through, despite how much we mess up, etc., you still want to use us. Okay. 
So now for the sort of third part of my um, message to you. And this is a... Uh, oh, it's gone. But this is Peter. Let's see if it can come back. So this is Peter in the sort of axe. Okay, in the stage where he's at Gate Beautiful. So we see Peter in Acts chapter 3. And let me just read that to you slowly so we can get there. Because this is really interesting. So, honestly, when you study the Bible, there's so many nuggets that comes out of it. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Now, listen to this. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that enter the temple. Right. First thing that came to me. How comes Peter and John had never seen this man before and never acknowledged? Because this man was laid at the gate every day. Peter and John, no doubt, went to the temple every day. But how comes it was at this time that this miracle was going to take, take place? Interesting, isn't it? It was never acknowledged before, but this time it's acknowledged. So it says, he says, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. Right, so this word seeing is that he noticed them. The man that was at the gate noticed them like he would notice anyone passing by. And he says, okay, can I have some money, can I have some arms? But what did Peter do? Peter, in this sense, fastened his eyes onto the man. In other words, Peter saw him. Something happened that at this particular day, at this particular moment, Peter saw this man and fastened his eyes. No doubt this man was there every day, going past begging arms, but was never noticed. But on this particular day, Peter noticed it. Now it's interesting to note that the gate beautiful is called the season of faith. It means time or season. Time or season, which I never knew, but it actually means that. This particular man was in his season at this particular time to receive favour from God. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. But Peter said, said silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I unto thee, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Let's consider for a moment this man. Okay, so was there how long? Since birth. Didn't say, is it 38 years or something? But it was there since birth. Daily his friends would take him to that temple gate. He didn't know that that temple gate was timing and season. He just went there, okay? He was just going there. But he would go there and he would just beg his arms. But what happened on that particular day? I was thinking, why would the friends take him there to beg? Why? What was wrong with 
this man. Okay, he had a disability. We knew, know that. But it didn't say that he couldn't use his brain. It didn't say he couldn't speak. He didn't say he couldn't speak. We knew that he had a disability. But his friends took him to this place to beg. Why didn't his friends take him to somewhere where perhaps he could work? Or perhaps he could earn some money for himself? Because, you know, it was only his legs that probably was, um, had, were disabled. But he could still think. He could still work. Maybe he could make things. Maybe he could do something. But his friends took him to this place. What I would say is, sometimes be careful who your friends are. Because sometimes your friends will leave you disabled. Sometimes they will, you know, they will uh, not recognise the potential that's in you. Okay? So they will just take you to where actually they can just put you off and they can go about their own business. But this had man had more. As some of you know, a few years ago I went to the Cameroon. And I worked with women with disabilities. So a lot of these women, uh, one woman had polio, and so they had a lot of disabilities. But what I noticed about these women, they were so fantastically industrious. Now, Cameroon isn't a place that you want to be and be disabled. Honestly, it's not the place. They don't have special buses. You can't get in taxis. You can't, what's it? The, um, um, women with disabilities are very underprivileged. But one thing I noticed about them was that they knew how to be industrious. They were, knew how to work, they knew how to do business, etc. Because they knew how to survive. And sometimes we think that actually because we can't do a certain thing, we don't have a certain thing. People don't. Today I was even, I was even uh, thankful for the worship team because sometimes you've got to use what you have and God will bless it. You know what, sometimes we do, we just have to say, Lord, how can I be industrious in this? How can I be industrious of where I am and try to glorify you with, with what I have? So that's one thing that I was thinking about this guy. He was born crippled. He probably didn't have, you know, couldn't move his legs. But, you know, we don't need to be... Um, um, emotionally disabled. We don't need to be um, uh, spiritually disabled because God has put something in us. Now, he was in a place called season and timing. We can sometimes be in our season but not enter into the blessing of that season. Okay? Sometimes we will just sit at the gate and not enter into the temple because he could have gone into the temple. Um, he was in a place called, um, for many of us it's a season of favour, but because we are concentrating sometimes on what we don't have, it stops us entering into the season of favour. It makes us ineffective. He was put at the gate of timing, but he could not enter the temple gate. But what Peter saw, Peter said, you know what, look on us. We don't have money, but such as I have, give I unto you. I believe that not only did Peter um, 
Um, there was a physical miracle that happened. There wasn't just a physical miracle, because obviously he stood up. But I believe there was a spirit miracle happened, there was a soul miracle happened, and there was a physical miracle that happened. Because that man didn't just get healed in his body, but he also got healed in his motion, in his spirit, and in his soul. And I believe that's what God wants to do for many of us continually. That sometimes there are areas in our lives that even though physically we're okay, but emotionally sometimes we're drained. Emotionally sometimes there is a disability. Emotionally uh, and even spiritually there are disabilities. And I know over the past couple of years we've been through, this church has been through uh, uh, upheaval and many things. And sometimes, you know, as soldiers, we get on and do it and thank God for that. Thank God for the warrior-type spirit. But sometimes there's some, this, this imbalance that we go through. And I sense that sometimes God will want to heal us physically so that we can completely do the whole work that he has called us to do. So, so, Peter was saying to the man, I felt that Peter was saying to the man, you're not a man that's just got a disability, but actually you're a man that's blind because you and others fail to see your potential. And sometimes we fail to see the vision for our life. And what's um, interesting to know is that you know many of us are at that time and season of favour but sometimes fail to enter into that time and season we see if we just recap Peter the pre-crucified crucifixion Peter where he was wanted to be all things to all men then we see the post crucifixion Peter who needed some time to be healed Peter had to go through his healing needed that affirmation from the God from Jesus and then we saw Peter walking in his full call and destiny as an apostle where are we on that spectrum where are we no just have a little think where are we on that spectrum have we come to the season where actually, Lord, you know what? We've been through the boisterous times and the boisterous season, but we've still come out on the other end, and it's time now to walk in our favour, <coughs> walk in our season of favour. So I'm just going to leave a couple of questions for you to consider. And it doesn't do that because uh, now, Peter... So these are the questions that I want to, just want to leave up to you. Okay. Consider if anything has disabled you to rise and walk in your call. What are the blockers that stop you entering into the season of favour? Consider Peter's life. Are we 
we in the agape camp or are we in the filio camp? Are we saying, Jesus, I agape you? Or are we still saying, Jesus, I filio you? Where are we? So consider if anything has disabled us to rise and walk in our core. What are the blockers that stop us entering into the season of favour? Consider Peter's life. Are we in the agape camp or are we in the filio camp? Let's just pray. So dearest Heavenly Father, we thank you for these precious people, Lord. Precious, precious in your sight. Lord God, we thank you that you have called them for such a time as this. We thank you, Lord, because the ground has been um, dug up in areas, Lord, over the years where we've uh, toiled over this ground, Lord, where we've prayed over this ground, Lord God, where we've commanded great things to come from this ground. And Lord, at this time, we just say, we speak, Lord God, to any bones that have become dry, and we say, can these dry bones live? And you say, speak to the bones, and they will live. So Lord, we speak to anything that has become dried and dead and ready to die, even as Peter was ready to, to, to pack it in, Lord God, even as we felt, Lord God, sometimes. But Lord, we speak to those things and we say, live in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we command those things that have been planted in the ground over the years through prayer, through prophecy, through praise and worship, we command them to live in Jesus' name. We thank you for the people at this place, Lord God, that you've set here for this time and for this season and the difference that they make in this community, Lord God. Maybe they don't realise what a difference they make, Lord God, but they are a filling station for this community, Lord God. They are, Lord God, a well in the dry ground for this community. So we thank you, Lord, for what they're doing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that the, um, the grave clothes will be torn off them, Lord God. Whatever, whatever um, uh, lingering smell of death has been over this place, that will be fragranced by your love, Lord God. That every grave clothes will be torn off, Lord God, and this place will be a glory to you, Lord God. We thank you for everyone that labours here, Lord, in the cafe. Those that have been doing great things, Lord, even behind the scene. Uh, Linda, Lord God, and, all, and um, um, all these people have been doing great things, Lord God. And I know sometimes they don't even want their name mentioned, but you know what, Lord? We're going to honour them anyway, because they're worth honour. Everyone, Lord God, 
that's done things, a Dwayne that's been helping out with the worship in the background, Lord, and his, his helpers, Lord. We pray for him right now. We thank you. And we say, Dwayne, don't get weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap in the name of Jesus. And God will turn things around. And I believe God is saying, write the vision. Write the vision of what you want to see. Write the vision of the musicians that you want. Write the vision of what's in your heart. And the Lord will make it come to pass in the name of Jesus. The Lord is saying, yes, the old wineskins are gone, but this is time for new wine. New wine in the name of Jesus. New songs. New worship. New ways of doing things in the name name of Jesus. So Father, we thank you that we are in the season of favour this place. And Lord, where there has been that disability, Lord God, where we felt actually we will retreat because we have been wounded. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we command every wound to be healed in Jesus' name, Lord God. We thank you that there will be healing. There will be a bone to bone, a spirit to spirit, a flesh to flesh, and there'll be a coming together like a mighty army of God. We thank you for the activities that's going to happen in this place. Even if they've got their Caribbean day uh, planned next week, Lord God, and even all the other open days that they're going to have. I thank you for the vision of this church, Lord God. I thank you for Paul and even the leaders and elders, what they're doing at this time, Lord God. And we say, Lord God, yes, this place will be what you've called it to be. We bless you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. And Lord God, you said anything, those things that are, and we should strengthen those things that are dead and ready to die. And Lord God, even as Peter passed the man day by day, but on that particular day, you wanted Peter to notice that man. And Peter noticed that man, Lord God. Lord there is coming a day where you will notice us, Lord God, and there'll be a blessing of beyond measure, Father. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for everyone that works in this ministry, Lord. The men's ministry, the women's ministry, the children's ministry. It will flourish in the name of Jesus, Lord God. There will be flourishing in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. I can see that this place is still like a dream in a dry land, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you will bring people with creative ideas, new ideas, Lord God, that this church will be the community outreach church that's in its DNA, Lord God, that's always been in its DNA, and that will never go, Lord. We thank you, Father, for all that you're doing. We bless you for this time. Oh, God, you are an amazing God. You can say a boisterous fisherman like Peter, how much more you will do for us, Lord. How much more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.